Now we've got to scramble. Walsh around the body, doesn't miss. What a star this young man is. To Kurnow. And Charlie Kurnow off one step. Just went bang. Durden, he saw his way through. And Honey Milk didn't put it right through the middle. Big moment. Kennedy, Walsh, bends it. Brilliant. This kid just keeps on rising. Gives it a roost. He gives it a magnificent roost. He kicked the goal. Walsh, here he is, straightens up and has delivered! Is there nothing this young man can't do? G'day Blue Baggers and welcome to the Blues Footy Podcast. It's your host Jed Zetzer with you uh, and I'm not alongside my co-host Harrison Hymans but I'm looking at him on my computer screen. Bolt, you're in Perth, thank you for joining mate. No worries, how are we? I'm good mate, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. I like traveling and seeing us win. So it's been a nice weekend in the end. It definitely has. Just very quickly, we will um, let everyone know we are doing this over Zoom. You are in Perth uh, and you are staying there till tomorrow night. So we thought we may as well quickly um, do this on Zoom so that everyone can tune in um, without having to wait a couple of days. So Bolt, um, firstly, I'll ask, how has Perth been your second time there this year? Yeah, um, no, it has been good. Um, the weather hasn't been as good. It was, it was pissing down on Saturday night. and I don't think it's a city for the winter, to be completely <laughs> honest with you. But um, A bit yeah, like Mykonos. Yeah, well, you can say that if you really want. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I haven't been up to much, but I actually had a, it was a good day yesterday. It was actually much better going to the game in the day rather than at night. Um, so no. Can't complain. I've just been working, um, watching a lot of footy. Um, you know, the tennis was on, the F1 was on. It's been a bit of a stacked weekend. Yeah, it definitely has. Uh, and, well, we've got to get to the main event of the weekend. A big win for our baggers, um, a much-needed win. And I think, you know, you look at what it does for our percentage. You know, this was a massive win, Bolt. It was a massive win. And I'm going to ask you, fresh off the bat, just your analysis being at the game it's obviously different watching it on tv so i will ask you your thoughts being at the game um what your thoughts were um look this game has had a stench about it for a long time and it was always that game where i couldn't keep it out of the back of my mind thinking oh shit like you just it'd be very carlton to go over and lose but you know with you know excluding about half an hour to 40 minutes of the game. It was very much cruise control. Um, we were so, so organized behind the ball in the, like the first quarter, especially was just absolutely outrageous. And look, it was a bit similar to the GWS game in a sense where the first 20 minutes, I don't think West coast or GWS went inside 50 at all, but you know that like an interstate game and especially West coast where, you know, there were 45,000 people there yesterday, you know, they're going to come at some point. It's just yeah. about how, well, can you manage that? And we probably didn't manage it as well as what we would have liked. But, you know, outside that 40-minute, you know, frenzy from West Coast, they only scored eight points for the rest of the game. So, you know, as in, I think we were just literally a much better team than them. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I'll be honest, I've never been so confident after one quarter of football as I was after the first quarter. I just... I, I think it's up there. It's, de well, it's definitely up there. It could possibly be the worst quarter 
I've ever seen an opposition team play against us. Um, not even necessarily the worst quarter because we were very good, but more so just the first, like as far off as you could possibly get for an opposition side against us. I've never seen, I haven't seen that to be honest. Um, I don't know if you can remember any quarters over the years. You got a better memory than me, but for me, quarter time, I just sat there, I put my feet up, and I thought, well, we're home. Um, it never entered my mind that we would possibly lose the match. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't think we'd lose from 34-0, but I, I, I knew they'd come at some point because they kind of did it against Richmond, and the game actually ended up flowing very, very similar, you know, in a very similar way to the West Coast-Geelong game in Perth about three weeks ago, where... You know, Geelong were out early. West Coast really hit back and got to within a goal. And, you know, Geelong just kind of put the foot down again. And, you know, West Coast... And look, the first quarter, I, I think it was really down to us. We were so, so good. Like, no, I agree. I, I, like behind I, the footy, it was just unreal. As in, Doherty was completely in control of the game. Um, you know, the, the back line did not lose one defensive one-on-one -on -one contest the entire game. I think there were 11 of them. We didn't lose one of them. Um, and, you know, there, there was some bad, you know, I thought the only probably downside, I thought we got caught with the ball a little bit, a lot. And that's probably because, you know, maybe they got a little bit complacent and they're rising a bit. But otherwise, it was, I'm not going to say it was a flawless performance because it definitely wasn't because it was a large chunk that wasn't great. But, you know, for the most part of the game, it was completely on our terms. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. And I think, you know, that could have easily been, what do we win by? 56 points or something, 53, whatever it was. Yeah, 63. 63, sorry. That could have easily been, you know, five goals more. Like, yeah. I, I, I still think, like, especially in that last quarter, that last quarter to me just felt like it was complete cruise control. Um, I don't know. I feel like we could have even piled more on possibly if we hadn't had such a collapse in the second and third quarters. And also they did have some pretty, I guess, lucky goals that they ended up scoring. So, but at the end of the day, 63-point win, you're not complaining. Um, and, yeah, I think it's exactly what the doctor ordered. Yeah, no doubt. And, look, we probably should have been way further up a quarter time, really, as in... Yeah, well, yeah, we should I have mean, been... Kind of extra... greedy after, after a 34-0, but it could have easily been way more. No, but they I were agree. great. I agree with that as well. Um, Bolt, straight into individual player analysis, as we always do on this show. Um, and there's been a lot of um, talk when we, we posted on Twitter, our five, four, three, two, ones, and I'm keen to get into who other people have had in theirs, but we will do that after this. Let's start off with the back line. We've got to start off with one man, and that is Jacob Wiedering back into the side. What a sight for sore eyes it was. Um, and, well, he didn't really need to get very involved in the game, which we love. No, he didn't do a lot, and it's the perfect way to reintroduce himself, just get some miles in the legs, and, yeah, he didn't have to do a lot. Um, you know, he wasn't flash hot, but, you know, he's never a liability. It was just, it was just good to get him through and ease him in, and he'll be good because he's got a big, big game this coming week at the G. So it was, it's, it's the perfect game, really, for him to, for him to have been reintroduced in. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Didn't have to do much. Just get your feel for the level again. Um, not the level, just get your feel, I guess, for being out there again. Um, yeah, it was the perfect reintroduction for Jacob Wiedering. Question very quickly. 
did he miss too much footy to make the All-Australian team if he was to continue the form that he showed in the first three months of the year? If he was to continue that from now till the end of the season, will it be enough to get him in? Well, it might be a blessing for him because Stephen May missed a few weeks and we know Stewart's going to miss four. So mm. there's going to probably the three best defenders of the season are going to miss about three or four games each. Yeah. So there's definitely a likelihood that he still gets in. Um, Alex Rance got in, I think it was 2015, off the back of 15 or 16 games. So you never know. And, you know, Alex Pierce missed this week as well. He's probably another one in contention. I think he's still going to be around the mark. He'll be tight. Yeah, and I guess Harris Andrews also missed this week. So yeah, um, yeah he's been dirt anyway this year. But <laughs> yeah. no, it's going to be interesting. Um, let's speak about Lewis Young. I thought he played really well yesterday, similar to Weedering. I mean, let's be honest. It's probably this was probably the game where our defenders have been least involved in for really the last decade. Like I can't remember another game where our defenders have had such little involvement in the game, which is a good thing because I guess for half of the game, the ball literally just did not go down there. Well, yeah, it's the first time since 1919 that a team has been scoreless in the first and fourth quarters of a match. So, no, the defenders didn't see a lot of the footy, but Lewis Young, he led the game with 11 spoils. He's the spoil man at the moment, Yeah, um, Lewis Young. And yeah, he just, you know, neutralised know his opponent pretty well he was the one that was kind of you know with that darling kennedy rotation he'd be the one that would go up the ground when they did and weedering would stay home so it might be a bit of an insight into what they're going to do next week it might be young on cameron when he's up the ground and they leave weedering behind the ball which probably makes a bit more sense um because it's you know i I don't really know which way they're going to go with weed with cameron and hawkins next week but yeah, it looked it looked yesterday as if Young was the guy going up the ground when, you know, Darling was going up the ground. Yeah, no, I thought Young was absolutely fantastic, um, as he has been really all year. Nick Newman, he's had a fantastic season. What did you think of his performance? Yeah, he was all right. <laughs> it was, yeah, he was... Not, not a whole lot. To, look, look, let's be honest. There wasn't a whole lot to analyse with all of our defenders, but um, I guess blitzing, no. blitzing through them... Uh, Newman, Saad and Doherty were obviously brilliant. I think Doherty was the... Yeah, Doherty was exceptional. He was the main man. I mean, he, he you could put a, you could argue he was best on ground. Um, he was absolutely outstanding. But very quickly, um, there were parts of this match where I was tearing my hair out. And it was when Lockie Plowman was getting involved in those second and third quarters, just some absolute doozies. Um, from the plough what did you think because uh we've you know we've said that he's had a pretty good year by you know what we've seen from him um compared to his last few seasons he's had a pretty good year but I think yesterday just yeah disappointing yeah as in there were a couple of goals as in I think the Rioli one out of the pack where you know it was on the line and Plowman got shepherded off the ball and then I think it was the Kennedy goal in the third quarter where he missed the tackle in the middle of the ground as well but yeah, he did have some bad moments, but look, as in at the end of the day, I can't see them dropping someone in that back group, which leaked one goal in three quarters. I just can't see it happening. You know, he, 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 it wasn't a great game, and he's probably on notice because, you know, McGovern's nearing a return, and, you know, Kemp was out of the team. He didn't play twos either this week, so he's probably he's definitely on notice, but I think I think you'll see next week. But, yeah. you know, it makes me a bit nervous because if you go back to that 2020 game against Geelong, 
you know, Gary Rowan was literally the guy that got Geelong back into that game when it was six goals up and it was right through Plowman. Yeah. So, no, it's definitely, definitely makes you nervous. You know, Geelong's forward line is absurd, but we'll get to that yeah, uh, a bit later in the show. Nervous, but I think, look, he did at some dark moments, but like, I, I think it's a bit of a, <laughs> I think the heat on him is a bit of a relax, as in, you know, the back line, it was pretty good. You know, how much more can we expect from him? <laughs> like, no, I, as in, I agree with that as well. Um, no, I definitely agree with that. But yeah, I mean, you know, we've got a, he, he's had a good year and definitely lowered his colours yesterday, I think. But, you know, we back him in to get back to the form that he's been in all season, which has been relatively good. Um, yep. Let's move on. The other uh, one is Nunes. Nunes, true. Well, what do you think of Nunes' game? He was actually all right. It was actually a way more stable game. Is in Nunes and... Um... Sad were the main ones going through Liam Ryan. And I talked about Zach Fisher having a holiday last time we were in Perth. Well, Liam Ryan never left the house. Um, Liam Ryan was having afternoon tea with his family at home because he was unsighted the entire game, Liam Ryan. And it was mainly Nunes and Sad, really. They were great, you know, just rotating through. Nunes was pretty good. He copped, I think it was like a bit of a corky to the quad, was it, when he stepped in front of Kennedy, which was a little bit needless. Yeah, he ended up getting up. subbed off. Yeah, he didn't have to drop in that whole Nunes, but yeah, I, I thought it was it was much better. It was a much better showing from him than last week. But once again, you know, I guess we weren't getting, you know, the, the entries coming in weren't as frenetic as the St Kilda game. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, that's fair. And I think, yeah, look, with Nunes, he didn't he didn't do a heap. I, I still though do think that he shouldn't be playing that position. I think we've got to get him back to where he plays his best footy and that's on the wing and getting more involved in our attacking chains and bring Stocker into this team. I think that's what I'd be doing. Um, even though he wasn't bad yesterday, Nunes, I just think, you know, he's not a back pocket. He's, that's, that's not his no. position. No, he's not. And look, he was the only player on the ground that went at hundred <clears> percent disposal efficiency as well, Nunes. So I, I didn't really have an issue with his game yesterday. Uh, moving into the midfield bolt, I'd like to kick this off with my boy, Matt Kennedy. He was, for me, this was just one of the best performances for the club. And, you know, we say it every week, but it's crazy how good he's become as a footballer. And, wow, he was just exceptional yesterday, wasn't he? Outstanding. Outstanding. He's just so reliable. He's just, he was excellent. He, he's so good. As in his work rate around the ground is just extraordinary and he played way more minutes yesterday than he has for the for most of the season really he was he was actually brilliant Matt Kennedy I, I yeah you, you can't speak highly enough of that game he was outstanding so for me if he had hit the scoreboard and kicked a goal this would have been the absolute complete performance so he had 27 disposals he went at 70 percent five score involvement seven marks seven tackles five clearances four inside 50s he was just sublime and there's just something about the way that he kicks the ball. Have you noticed it? He's just, yeah, he it's so, had a couple. It, it's like poetry in motion, his ball drop, isn't it? Yeah, he had a couple of chisels up the middle of the ground. He was great. I just loved his work rate. Is in, you know, for a guy that, you know, we know isn't, you know, probably the fittest guy on the side, you know, for him to be able to motor and get, you know, seven marks in pretty attacking positions, he's just, yeah, he was brilliant. He really was exceptional yesterday. He was outstanding. Um, yeah, well, I can't speak high, high at the. Ugh. 
I can't speak highly enough of him at the moment, to be honest. He's just having one heck of a season. Where would he be in our BNF, do you think? Oh, he's missed a few games. I think I've got him around the 8th to 10th mark. Yeah, that's fair. I think votes per game, he'd be a bit higher. Probably. Um, yeah, that's fair, though. Uh, Adam Chera, back to a very good standard after what was a poor game from him last week against the Saints. He had 27, uh, seven marks, couple tackles, eight inside 50s. He was driving it forward for us. And, yeah, I think this was a better game from Chera. Yeah, it was a good game from Chera. Um, and that's the game you have to come to expect every week from him. Yeah. Got his hands, got he got busy around stoppages. Um, you know, more on the outside of the packs. He wasn't really that guy extracting the footy a hell of a lot, but he was great. As in, it's exactly what the doctor ordered with Adam Chera. Um, yeah. And just I think back to the way he likes. Yeah, I think I'm probably being harsh by saying it's a better game. It was a very good game. He played very good footy. Um, I just think that's probably what we want from him every week. And there's still levels that he can go through. Like, I still think he can be so much better than he was yesterday, but it still was a very good game. Yeah. No, I was pretty happy with Chara. He was good. Um, One which I was extremely happy with, even though he probably hasn't, you know, he wasn't as involved, I guess, as he has been in the last month or two, but I thought Walsh was exceptional. Um, Just... There was just moments in that game where he was just so good and it really stood out. Maybe it was because I was watching on TV. He probably does look even better on TV, but, yeah, I thought he was brilliant. Yeah, and he copped a bit of heat after quarter time as well from the opposition. Um, but, yeah, as in Walsh just keeps on Walshing on, doesn't he? He, um... he does. He does. No, I thought he was absolutely outstanding. And Kripa, the skip, gets on the scoreboard again with a goal. It's been a few weeks since he's kicked one, I think. Um, or yeah, I think it has been. Um, but yeah, I thought Cripps couple moments earlier in the game where he wasn't great, but I think his last quarter was absolutely outstanding. He was good after halftime. His second quarter was an absolute disgrace. It really was. As in, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what possesses him because he took a lot of marks around the ground, but every time he got the ball, every time he marked the ball. He would try and invite a handball. And I think he did it one to Doherty, I remember specifically, and it was just so unnecessary. It really just put us under all sorts a little bit. And then, you know, he was in front of goal and just tried to do too much rather than giving off the first option and got caught and slingshot up the other end. Cripps had some really dark moments in the second quarter. And I tweeted that he needed a rocket up his ass at halftime. And he probably got it because he was really good after halftime. But... Yeah. um. Yeah, it's just a little thing. It's just, you know, there's there's no need to, you know, dish it off and unnecessarily, as in, because it's just inviting pressure on us, which we don't need. Um, but look, he was really good, as in, you know, that quarter aside, he played a good game. Yeah, I was going to say, look, his second quarter, he was definitely not the Crips that we know, but I still think that last quarter, like, I think he was probably our best player in the last quarter. Um he was involved in one way or another in basically all of the goals. Um, I thought yeah. that was, I thought the last quarter was, yeah, that was vintage Cripper. No, he had a big last quarter. Um, yeah. And, you know, you look at the stats, he had 10 disposals in the last quarter, kicked a goal. Um, yeah. Just absolutely outstanding. 
Uh, Georgie Boy, I think this was what we've sort of been hoping would happen. Back to his brilliant best after not a bad few weeks because there's still good weeks, but a down few weeks on the ridiculous standard that he had set for himself. Um, what do you think of George's game? He was great. I thought he was probably best on to quarter time. Um, he really set us up and got us going. His first quarter was brilliant. Mm. Um, and yeah, look, we got 17 clearances out of Hewitt and Cripps. So you're taking that to the bank every single week. And yeah, I thought Hewitt was superb. I thought he was absolutely outstanding too. So yep, big, big tick for him. No, I agree with you. He was absolutely fantastic. Um, any other midfielders who we are forgetting well, about? I guess, well, I guess the wingers. So Sorry, the O'Brien, wingers, yeah. I thought it was a bit of a down day for O'Brien. Uh, I yeah, well, it wasn't, he wasn't at his best. And I think that's probably um, in his disposal efficiency. He only had 50%, 7% disposal efficiency, whereas he usually goes at at least 70%. Um you know, he was probably down on his form a little bit, but I think, you know, he's had a really good year and, you know, he's going to have games like this because this is really his first breakout year, I'd say. So, you know, there's still little bits of inconsistency, but yeah, I mean, I don't think he did anything which I necessarily noticed was bad, if that makes sense. There was one, no, no. There was one moment I've got to say, I think it was in the third quarter. No, it was the second quarter when West, no, which quarter? It was the third quarter in the game. It would have been within 10 points and it was in the forward pocket and West Coast hacked it out of the contest and it was clearly going out in the full. And I mean, like clearly, and he went to market and juggled it over the line. And it's just a little, and it's, you know, it's little petty things that get me going. And oh, hmm. like you, like that stadium is so lucky. I didn't have a spare seat next to me because it would have been whacked. It was the most outrageous brain fizzle I've seen. I saw yesterday, but he, yeah, I just he, he just looked a bit off yesterday. I'm not sure we didn't. We don't have a lucky O'Brien kick of the day this week, unfortunately. Um, yeah, we don't have which, that grass cutter of the week, do we? No, which means we'll get two next week, though. I know how he works. Okay. Um, okay. So but we're yeah, going to yeah, need them next week. No, we will. I didn't think it was a great game from him, though. Yeah. Uh, thoughts on Cottrell's game? Cottrell. Oh, Cottrell. Yep. He's the man, isn't he? <laughs> he was, yeah, I thought he was good again yesterday, old mate. I um, think he, um, yeah, I'll be honest. To half time, I, he was barely sighted. Um, but what I will say is he had a brilliant last quarter. He had a great last quarter, Cottrell. And yeah, look, you know, I've got a newfound respect for him. He's a, I still don't know how long he's going to last at this club because it can turn at any moment, good or bad, but he's doing everything in his power to make sure he'll be there at the end of the season, you know, in the 22. So hats off to him. He'll be there next week again. You say you have a newfound respect for him. Could that ever possibly turn into a love for him? No. <laughs> what if he wins a DNF? Oh, if he wins a BNF, I'll probably stay here and find WA residency. It's that likely of happening. There is no chance. <laughs> no um, but let's speak about Zach Fisher because I thought he was just brilliant yesterday. Hit the scoreboard, kicked two, got a lot of the pill. Um, 
yeah, I was really impressed with Fish again yesterday. You know, he probably had, you know, a bit of a, not a down week. It wasn't as good last week. But, yeah, what do you think of his performance yesterday? I thought he was good, Fisher. I thought he was good. He got us going early on as well. You know, he's probably taking a few lessons out of the old Jack Ginevan trick book at the moment, it seems, Fisher. <laughs> but um, you can't complain because it's, you know, giving us shots on goal and it's generating score. So I'm all for it. But, um, yeah, I thought Fisher was good. Nothing, you know, to complain about there. Question. Have we found the perfect mix for him in terms of like the role that he plays between the forward line and the midfield? Yeah, no, I think so. I, I, yeah, well, it's working. It's definitely working. So I, I think they have absolutely nailed it. I, I couldn't they be like I couldn't be more confident in the role that he plays. You know, he's going through the midfield, but they're almost playing him the perfect amount in the midfield. They're not overdoing it, and. You know, he's getting enough minutes in there. I'm absolutely loving his role at the moment. Yeah, no, he's look, he's having a very good year. He's having a career best year for sure. So, you know, you can't complain. He only attended one centre bounce yesterday. So he wasn't, you know, in the guts as much, but he was definitely up the ground a lot. He was good. Yeah, well, I think the fact that the ball was in our forward half so much was the reason he got so much pill. But um, it makes his game even more impressive, the fact that he only had one CBA. Yeah, no, no, I was impressed. Um, the Twin Towers. Wait, we've got through all the midfielders, yes? Or the Ruckman. True. Well, hang on, we're gonna come we're gonna come back to him because I think that this week he I mean, look, we'll, we'll come back to him in a good in a good light. But uh the forwards bolt. Yep, the twin, towers. The twin Shit. towers. Wow. Fuck, Charlie Kerno, something else yesterday. Just uh and look. Charlie Kerno, Christmas came early for him. As in, if you're gonna be if you're gonna be matched up on what was old mate's name, Harry Edwards. If you're gonna have a day on Harry Edwards, oh, like you're feasting, you're licking your lips. As in, Kerno overhead was unreal, and he's you know he said shot kicking was much better. What we got ten goals six between the big two. So you know whether it was Edwards or. You know, Barras got killed or the other bloke, Bazo. I was going to say, what what is a Rhett Bazo? What is a Rhett Bazo? I'm not sure. I don't even know if West Coast fans know what that is. But, (laughs) no, both of them were brilliant. And I've got it. I thought it was one of the best moments of the day in the first quarter when Kerno set up Durden's goal in the first quarter at center half four. Just outrageous stuff. As in, because he was about to blaze away looked ahead and dropped the ball because he completely could see what was unfolding and the kick was Durden didn't have to break stride. Kerno was brilliant. And you like, look, he kicked two massive goals in the third quarter, I think it was, to really just keep West Coast at bay. Yeah. As in, it was a brilliant game and he extends his lead at the top of the Coleman by four now. And he's looking good for it. He is. I mean, he's just, it's a bit crazy. Like how good he is, you know, and we we speak about it all the time, but it's yeah, I mean, it's it's ridiculous, really, um, just how good he is, Charlie. And you know, was that that you could you could almost mount a case that that was probably the best twin tower performance we've seen, you know? Yeah, it was a great twin tower performance. Ten between them, they were great, and now they've you know we're entering the heavyweight show this weekend, so. We all want bragging rights in the Twin Tower department this week. 
No, I agree. The long boys have done it for a while. And we're the new kids on the block in the Twin Tower department. So <laughs> their time to show. And they'll be up against the familiar surname in DeConning, which is having a great year. But that always gets my, me rubbing my hands a little bit. So very exciting. Um, they were brilliant. Both of them, Herschel and Charlie, brilliant. They certainly were. Uh, so let's speak about Dirds because, you know, I thought you could almost say that this was close to his best game. Yep. Um, definitely the best probably since the Sydney game, I'd say. Well, yeah, um, I mean, the GWS and Sydney games were another level, but in terms of, I guess, just the impact that he had in our forward line, because that GWS game, you know, he was impacting us around the ground, but this this was just from a pure small forwards point of view, I thought this was just, yeah, he was exceptional. No, he was very good. He was very, very good, Durden. Just clever player, found a couple of goals as well. Um, yeah, some of his pressure deep forward was brilliant. As in, there was one moment in the first quarter where he kept the ball in play when it looked like it was all but going out, tucked up against the boundary line and found Motlop in about 40 out from goal. It was just brilliant by Durden. Um, yeah, like we needed it as well because, you know, there's another week without Owies. And yeah, Durden stepped up to the plate. He definitely did. So Owies was a laid out. Um, and I actually thought, of, you know, I still think Owies is, is a massive out. Um, I rate him extremely highly. Uh, yeah. Honey replaced him. I think Honey and Motlop both, you know, they didn't get very involved in the game. What did you think of their performances? I thought Motlop was all right. I thought he, you know, there was an endeavour to get up the ground as such and try and get going. You know, the scoreboard didn't really work out for him, but he just provides that electricity, isn't he? He's always involved in the game, Motlop. Yeah, Um, I agree. As for your little love affair, well, I don't know if we'll see him again this year. You reckon it's that bad? Well, he didn't have a kick. It's it's fair. I mean, look, I think he, you know, he didn't, he didn't kick the ball. Uh, I understand it, and look, I think, you know, am, am I worried for his career? Absolutely not. I still think that there's a lot there, and we saw so much potential from him at the back end of last year. At the moment, he's not playing very well. Um, that is, you know, a given when you don't get a kick. But what I will say is he did have little moments yesterday. I mean, he had a couple goal assists. Um, there was one which won't go down as a goal assist, but he palmed the ball over to Walsh for yeah. his goal. Um, yeah. I still think he he had moments, um, you know, but let's be honest, like he wouldn't even be happy with that performance. Yeah. He had one metres gained. <laughs> no, yeah. I, 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 mate, I, I fully understand. And look, he'll be out. Like, he's definitely going to be out for Owies, providing Owies is fit. Oh. And, then, and, then I guess, and then I guess there's Martin, who, you know, what actually, what is happening with Jack Martin? I've got no idea. Mr. Forgetful. But well, he... He hasn't played for nearly a month now, and it was meant to... He was a test initially. Yeah, oh, well, that's what happens when, you know, he looked like a 95-year-old last week, uh, last year, so... I've got. I've actually got no idea where Martin's at at the moment because he didn't play twos again. But just back to Honey for a second. 
I think the thing that I've been a little bit let down with is he actually provided a really good overhead target at the back end of last year, which he hasn't even been close to providing this year. And, you know, he, he actually had the most, I think it was sprints inside forward 50 or something along those lines. It's like, it's not from a matter of working. It's just not happening for him. And, he, you know, he probably just has to go back to the twos and work on his craft a little bit because he's just, yeah, he's not providing anything really. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I think, you know, I'll go back to, and I'm not, you know, we've got to judge them, you know, the way we see them. And he he hasn't been good, but, you know, he did miss the whole first half of the year. He played, you know, two or three VFL games, two of which were unmanaged minutes. And then he's straight into the AFL side because we don't have, you know, any other options because um, we've got so many injuries. So I will cut him a bit of slack. The fact that, you know, he didn't really have a preseason. He's come straight into the side, but at the end of the day, we've got to be getting more out of him. We just, you know, this is not even the bare minimum at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit of a worry, but yeah. Um, The other forwards, who have we not mentioned? Um, Um, Sauce. Yeah. Sauce. Sauce was good yesterday. Oh, well, mate, he's always good, isn't he? He's sauce. He is. He is. You know, he has one bad week against the Saints. But apart from that, Sauce is just always good. Like, and this was just, I actually thought this was a typical Sauce performance. Like, he was still great. Didn't really stand out much, but he was great. Yeah, no, he was he was great. Just, you know, he actually was really, really good in the ruck as well, Silvani. So like, is that fair something... to say? It was just a typical performance where he ne- it wasn't necessarily amazing, but... You know, he was great. Oh, no, it was. He was great. Mr. Fix-It. He um, just put him in a hole and he'll do what he needs to do. Another six marks, I think it was, yesterday. So, yeah, works as hard as anyone. He, he's great. We love Jack Silvani. Absolutely, we love him. Um, the Ruckman Bolt. Let's get on to him. TDK. Well, I, was, I was very, very nervous going into this because I thought our midfield would cream him. But I thought, you know, we're up against the best tap Ruckman in the competition. So... We're probably not going to have first opportunity <clears throat> to exercise that those midfield rights. But um, look, in all honesty, I thought De Conning was great. I thought it was definitely, definitely his best performance of the season. Um, as in, he had seven clearances. So, you know, he yeah, it, it, it was a, it was a. I'm, I'm happy to say it was a masterful performance in the ruck. He got the better of Natanui, which look, I didn't think was going to happen. Um, and yeah, I'm happy for him. I thought he was great. Yeah, no, I agree. I thought this was his best performance for the club. Um, he's only played, you know, 30, 40 odd games, but he was exceptional. Um, you know, let's be honest, he demolished Natanui. He completely beat him in his own game. And it's weird because didn't he do similar to Nick Nat a couple years ago? He did. He did in 2020. And there was probably a moment in the game where I thought, oh, maybe, maybe it was probably coincide when West Coast were getting a run on. I thought, oh, I now knew he's starting to get going here. But um, he he held really firm. And, you know, I've been very vocal on DeConning, but I'm happy to say I was very impressed. Um, eight, eight score involvements and seven clearances, a couple tackles. He was very good, three inside 50. So credit where credit's due, he played very well. And, you know, looking at the other side of the coin, you have Nick Nat, who, yeah, didn't get very involved. He had seven disposals, Nick Nat. Um, and only four score involvements. So, well, I guess there you go. There's the the writings on the wall. 
Nah, it was, it was, it was just, you know what? I, I, I've been saying for a while with DeConning, I want to see him be physically imposing around the ball. I get it that he's not always going to be the tap ruckman we want, but he's got to be imposing. And he was. He really, really was. He got to work at ground. Probably the only thing I'd like to see more is I'd, I still want him to be that outlet kick up the line a lot more. He only took one mark for the game, but can't have it all in one week, can we? But no, he's, you know, his follow-up work around stoppages was great. He, he really got the ball going. So I'm happy for him. And I think, you know, I do, I do cop a lot. Cause I think, I think people are under the impression that I want him to be bad, that I barrack for these people to be bad as, and I want them to be just as good as what any, anybody wants. And you know, I've been pretty disappointed with the majority of his season, but I thought, yeah, yesterday was a really good game and hopefully it's a corner turn and he's got to back it up because we've got a very good opportunity against Stanley again next week. Um, and yeah, just got to keep going. Absolutely, definitely. Um, but the last player we haven't touched on, Will Hayes. Yes. He only played about 10 minutes, but he was pretty good. Yeah, and still had more disposals than Honey. Um <laughs> Oh, Carlton debut out west, a win, nearly kicked a goal. Um, yeah. Should have kicked a goal. That was stiff. Yeah. Oh, it looked like it was going in a little bit. Um, Commentators got excited. Yeah, who was commentating? Um, oh, mate, I've got absolutely no idea. It was on very soft until the last five to ten minutes. My dad and I thought, yeah, we'll put it up a bit, but um. I think it was, is, is Anthony Pap- Papalia? What's his yeah, name? Yep, yep. Um, Adam Papalia. Yes, Sorry, the Adam. W. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it was him. No, he would, um, yeah, he would, it would have been him. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't no, really, no. I wasn't listening, to be honest, too much. But yeah. And look, Hayes now throws himself <laughs> into the solution mix going forward. So it's a good opportunity for him. Well, does he not throw himself into the wing selection mix? Like with, sorry. Yeah, he does. Did you say this the forward selection mix or did you say going oh, forward? I, I see like going forward. He, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Selection mix. Yeah, absolutely. I think he does. Like, I'd be keen to see him have a crack. Um, I'm not sure if I'd like it to be against Geelong, but uh, I'd definitely be keen to see him have a crack if we were playing North one week, um, or North, I should say. But, um, yeah, we'll see. I, I think he'll. I think he'll probably stay in the squad, worst case, the sub next week. Yeah, yeah, you'd assume so. Well, Bolt, that is all 23 players analysed. Um, and, yeah, once again, a very good performance. Let's get on to the BNF votes. Um, so we'll get on to the 54321s on Twitter. Instead of Twitter questions this week, we're going to have a look at what people have done with their votes. But before we do, we'll quickly give our best and fairest votes, our three, two, ones. Do you want to go first? Well, I think I went with Kerno Doherty, Hewitt. Um, it was pretty tight to squeeze. You know, there's a couple of really unlucky ones. Probably Herschel and Kennedy were very, very stiff. But I think I'm going to lock those guys in. Fair enough. I went with, uh, and sorry, I'm assuming it's going to be Kerno three, Hewitt one, Doherty two. Is that what you said? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm going with um, Kennedy 3, Kerno 2, and H1. Um, those are my three for the BNF votes. Uh, the 54321. So let's have a look at some of the responses we got, Bolt. So we put out our 54321s on the Twitter yesterday. Um, you went with 
Oops, just loading. Got it up here now. You went with Colonel Doherty, Hewitt, Kennedy, Mackay. I went with Kennedy, Colonel, Mackay, Cripps, Doherty. Um, a lot of people saying that we have forgotten to give TDK a vote. Well, in the meantime, since we just started recording, the coaches' votes have actually come out. Okay. And, yeah, the coaches were very, very um, giving with Tom DeConning. So, Kerno got nine, DeConning got seven, Kennedy and Cripps five, Mackay three. Sorry, do you want to repeat that? Just Kerno nine. Cut out for me. Sorry, Kerno nine. Yep. DeConning seven, Kennedy five, Cripps five, Mackay three. Okay, I like that. I like that. What are your thoughts? <clears throat> yeah, I can handle that. I thought George is a little bit stiff, but um, the doc. Yeah, oh, yeah, Doherty. Shit, yeah, it's really stiff. Isn't even Shannon Hearn got a vote? Not sure what old mate. You know, he was playing on nobody, but um, yeah. No, you're, I can handle that. Yeah. Um. Fair enough. Um, I saw a lot of people had, you know, Chera around the votes, which, you know, he, he also played really, really well. Yeah, um, I think there are a few people that said definitely Chera. Um, I'm just scrolling through here. Damon Mule, just quickly, did you meet up with Damon this time? Oh, I didn't see him, but I was at the function before the game. Um, and it was actually a packed house. I got there literally as the bar opened at like 11 o'clock, Perth time. And it was, it was that, you know, the Carlton WA membership, you know, group put on an absolute show yesterday. Um, you know, Brian Cook was in the house. Luke Sayers was there. Ashley Hansen was talking. Shane O'Sullivan. It was actually a great day. Um, Peter Bazasto was there as well speaking. That's um, it, was, no, it, was, it was actually a really, really good pregame function. Got That's the, awesome. Yeah, no, it was actually a good day. But I mingled the with main man, people there. But the main man, Damon, wasn't there. I didn't see him in the house, no. Okay, we're going to have to get on to him. That's just not good enough from him. Um, not a good enough performance. We're going to have to shoot Damon a DM. Um, but, yeah, speaking of his votes, he gave Charlie five, Hewitt four, Doherty three, Chera two, Kennedy one. Um, just naming a couple. Jackson Fry went, Kerno, Doherty, Hewitt, Mackay, Chera. Uh, Braden Lee, he went Charles Herschel. I love how he calls him Herschel. Um Time. TDK, Kennedy, and Doherty um, going through. I'm looking for some interesting ones here. Um, Walshie and Sticks went Charlie and Harry for five each. Sorry, for four and five. Kennedy, three. Doherty, two. And then Professional George, he calls him, for one. Don't mind that either. Navy Bluebaggers gave Soss a vote. Um, yeah. Uh, just looking for some other... A couple people gave Soss a vote. Dutchie gave... Sauce a vote as well. Um, Fish got a vote from John Connell. Um, Tim W gave Harry five votes and made reference to the fact that he had four tackles. That's a fair shout as well. Jeff gave. Oh, well, sorry. Well, that tackle, that tackle he laid in the first quarter when West Coast were out, and I mean, if that kick go, if that kick hits his boot, they're walking it in. And that tackle, which we went back and kicked the goal, was absolutely for the full forward to be doing that. Absolutely huge. That oh, that'll be shown in the BNF night. I guarantee you that. Yeah, definitely will. Uh, Jeff gave Lewis Young a vote. Peter Rogers gave uh, Durden two votes. The yeah, great man Paul Barbaza 
he gave five, four, three, two, one to the same player, all to TDK, which we love. Um, uh, I think that's about it. Um, a lot of people saying Chera probably stiff nuts get in the boats for uh, for either of us. Um, but VFL, before we get to team changes for next week, the Carlton yep. reserves on Saturday night. I was very close to going to this match out at the old Tiak Oval in Port Melbourne. I don't know what it's called these days. Um, in fact, I'll tell you right now what it's called. It's called ETU Stadium in Port Melbourne. Um, a three-point loss, I guess, probably didn't deserve to win, though, because we did score four goals after the 21-minute mark of the final quarter. So we nearly pulled off the most unbelievable comeback, but the Carlton Reserves going down 14-6-90 to 14-9-93 to Port Melbourne, who, let's be honest... Uh, and not having a very good season. That was just their fifth win of the year. Um, and now we drop to seventh on the table, just a game clear in the eight. Um, but we have to acknowledge here, Bolt, there were only eight Carlton listed players playing in this game. So very, very tough uh, for the reserves with the amount of injuries that we've got. Have you seen anything from this game? Any highlights, any comments? Um, I haven't, but obviously it was good to see Ed Kerno get back on the park as well this weekend. Yes, big shout out to Ed. He's back. He's back on the park in the twos. Um, I think he had 19. So that's his first game for the year. Wow. He had nine. Yeah, I think he played the practice reserves game in round one. Yeah. And after he got injured. But um, yeah. yeah, really, his first competitive hit out. So he had 19 disposals, five tackles, couple inside 50. So good on Ed. We love to see him back out there. Um, it's actually interesting. Do you see Ed as, you know, not a walk-up, but do you see him as coming into the team when he's fully fit and ready to go? You'd imagine he'd have to play another game or two before that is the case, though. Um, yeah, he definitely needs a bit more time in the twos. Um, yeah, I, I don't really see where he fits in, to be honest. I just think, you know, George Hewitt's the like-for-like, like, really, just a fresher version of Kerno. Um I think Kerno might just have to wait for someone to unfortunately go down. I just think that's where it's at at the moment. I, I just, you know, Kerno's a very one-dimensional player. You know, he doesn't, he can't really add a hell of a lot outside the grunt work in the middle. So, yeah, I'm not sure where he sits really going forward in the AFL team, but we'll see. You never know when you're going to get an opportunity. Yep, you do never know. Uh, Lockie Fogarty, he had 29 disposals, six tackles, seven inside 57 marks. Um, so he was probably best on. Stocker had 30. Um, Dow had 24 and a goal. So those are four of the Carlton listed players. Murkov, he had 43 hitouts. Um, pretty fair effort from the big man. Uh Durden, Sam Durden played as well. He had uh, 10 disposals, just looking through. Jack Carroll, he had 16. And Aquay had uh, four disposals in, in the fullback, so not in a ball-winning position. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, you look at this team, eight AFL-listed players playing, one of which is Durden, who's just come back from injury, also just, <laughs> just entered the list. For the first time, um, is this was this his first VFL game, Durden? Um, no, he played the first week when we okay. were up against Essendon. True, in the true, true, true. So I mean, you look at this eight AFL listed players. You know, Durden's just come on board. 
Obviously, Murkov and Akwai are very, very raw. Um, you know, this was a completely deplete, depleted, I guess, Northern Blues side, wasn't it? Or Carlton Reserves, rather. Yeah, no doubt. And look, a bit interesting. There wasn't much update from the club regarding Brody Kemp because he didn't play in the twos. I think some people were telling me on Twitter it was like back soreness or something like that. Yeah, a lot of people said back soreness. Um, and then Jack Martin obviously didn't play twos. I'm not sure what's up with the old mate at the moment. But um, yeah, look, it's, it is a, look, it's a depleted Carlton twos. It's a long injury list at the moment for the squad. So just got to keep on keeping on. Yeah, and, and let's talk about the injury list for a second. Um, there are two more things I want to touch on before we end the show. One being, sorry, three things. One being the injury list, two being team changes, and then ladder FC, which we'll get to afterwards. Um, <clears throat> looking at our injury list, so Jack Martin for the third week, sorry, for the, I think it's the fourth week in a row that he's been out, is it? Uh, three. He played against Richmond. So three weeks in a row now he's been listed as a test with a calf. Um, yeah, I mean, what's the update there? I'd love them to be transparent with us and just tell us what's happening. Um, because to be honest, you know, he wasn't doing a whole lot, but it was, it was more than what we're getting from honey. Like, I think Martin would be a welcome inclusion at the moment. Um, well, he probably would given, yeah, that his replacement hasn't shown any output. So yeah, I, yeah, I'm all for transparency. I'd like to know what's going on as well. Um, given he's not playing in any level. So it's a really tough one with Martin. I just don't know where he's at. Riley Beveridge does our injury updates. Um, and he said for this week, he said, obviously, Weedering would come back. Fogarty and Oes are likely to return. Martin faced a fitness test outside chance to play. Ed Kerno and Durden will return to the BFL. He said Pitternet and McGovern are going to play in the next fortnight. Thoughts on that, the Pitternet and McGovern returns? Well, they'd be very welcome inclusions to the AFL team. Um, yeah, I can't wait to get them both back, to be completely honest with you. I'm, I'm not sure where they're tracking. I, I'd presume that McGovern's going to have to go through the twos for a certain period of time, considering he hasn't played at any level since round two. Um, I guess Pitternet hasn't played at any level since round six. So I'm not sure how they'll ease him back in. I think McGovern will definitely be the one that's eased back into it more. So, but yeah, they'd be very welcome inclusions. I just, yeah, I guess you just got to keep waiting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so just quickly blitzing through. So obviously Philp, Parks, um, Oscar McDonald, they're all out for the season. I think Jordan Boyd's basically out for the season. It's got seven to 11 weeks listed. So unless we possibly out of, you know, I think we'd have to make what would have... Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. He's out for the year. Yeah, yep. he's out for the year. Um, David Cunningham, we thought we'd possibly see him. He's obviously struggled to get back running because he's faced, not only obviously he's recovering from an ACL, but now he's facing calf issues as well. So Cunningham, I think we could probably... Yeah, put a line through Cunningham. Yeah, Um Marchbank, they're saying three to five. Would be great to see him back. Um, McGovern's the big one. Pitternet's the big one. And Zach Williams, three to five as well. So I think the ones who are still waiting for, it's basically Pitternet and McGovern. They're the big two. And then Marchbank and Williams would be handy if they were fit as well. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Team changes, Bolt, for this week. What are we looking at? Well, so are we going to operate under the assumption that always is available? Yeah. 
Well, I mean, he was in. He was he was in, and then he was a laid out. Let's say he plays. Um, and are we operating that Nunes is in or out? Well, let's do both. I mean, if Owies is is if Owies and Nunes if Owies is is not fit and Nunes is fit, are there any changes? I wouldn't have thought so. And if Owies Owies if Owies then is fit, is that just a straight swap for Honey? That definitely is a straight then, swap for Honey. And then what happens if Martin's fit? Um, and Owies is fit. Well, I yeah. think Owies. Always is coming in before Martin. Uh, I think I, they'd just rather go the three smalls. No, he's definitely coming in ahead of Martin. Uh, yeah. I think regardless, Martin probably goes through the twos. Is that fair? Yeah, I'd say so. He's played uh, there this year. Yeah, so I guess Martin, you know, he'll go through the twos. I think regardless, it's fair to say. Um, and that leaves us. So if Nunes does come up sore, does Hayes then come in for his proper debut? Well, I think if Nunes is out, Stocker would come in. I think Hayes is going to be playing a bit more forward of the ball. Yeah. If anything. So Stocker, for, yeah, I agree with that definitely, actually. Um, yeah, so I think we can, we'll probably, it probably boils down to Honey for Oles and Stocker for Nunes. Those are probably the only two possible changes. Yeah, just depending on availability. Just quick one as well, Pinnanet. Does he have to go through the twos when he's eventually fit? It's tough. It's really tough. I'm not sure if he will. Because he's because he's going to be working kind of the same workload at both levels as such. Um, I'm not sure what they'll do with Pinnanet. I actually don't even know what the team balance is going to look like when he's back in the ones. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a really tricky one. Um, I, all think right. go, I think he will go straight in. Yeah, no, I agree. Bolt, quickly before we end the show, Ladder FC. How was the weekend for Ladder FC? And for those who are also, we've seen a couple of tweets, absolutely love the engagement with Ladder FC. So for those who didn't listen to last week's show, Ladder FC is Bolt's uh, second team. Uh, it is basically all the results that we want to happen, which benefit us. So Bolt, take it away. How was the week well, for Ladder FC? Well, the most important position for LFC is ninth. So if ninth is losing, we're always happy at Ladder FC. And this week we had eighth, ninth, and tenth all losing. So it was a glorious week at Ladder FC. And then look, the mantra at LFC is we look behind until we're secure and then we look up. So we're still looking behind. But if you keep a close eye above, Essendon got the job done again in our favour, beating Brisbane. So it opens up the four a little bit. But we're still looking at the green zone, which is the top eight. So, yeah, I just want to ask, are Essendon on top of the ladder for for Ladder FC? Um, They have been the Ladder FC darlings, yes. So they've They've beaten... (laughs) St Kilda, Sydney and Brisbane, they've done some really... They've just done us some big favours, Essendon. Um, And look, Frio beating St Kilda was really, really good. And obviously, I think, you know, in Sydney being the Bulldogs, it just keeps ninth and 10th at bay. And now the Bulldogs play St Kilda this coming weekend. So if the Bulldogs get up over St Kilda, no matter what our result is on Saturday night, we still remain two games clear of ninth with five to go. Um, so, it's, yeah, it's very important. But look, there's still, you know, we're still fifth. We're two games and 12% clear of ninth. So it's really starting to open up. A win on Saturday night 
we can probably start reevaluating with the directors at LFC how we're going to be looking at the last month of the season. But we're still looking in the rearview mirror at the moment just to make sure nothing funky goes on because you just never know. But um, okay. we've just got to keep winning. If results look after themselves for us, I think the Adelaide and Giants games are must-must win. That gets us to 13, and I still reckon that will be okay for us. Yeah, I agree. Now, just quickly, before we end the show, looking ahead at the week to come for LFC. So Bulldogs and Kilda Friday night. So can you just go through the games and tell us who we want to be winning these games? So we, de- we definitely want the Bulldogs to beat St Kilda. They've got a really tough run anyway, the Dogs, so they shouldn't be an issue for the eight. And it would keep St Kilda two games behind us at least. Adelaide, danger game for Collingwood, going to the Adelaide Oval to play Adelaide. We're definitely big Adelaide fans there. We're big Giants fans in Canberra against Brisbane. Maybe North Melbourne can spring an upset against Richmond. We're on the North Wagon. Oh, come on, mate. That's not happening. (laughs) Well, it nearly happened this weekend. You just never know in the volatile world of the ladder. Um, (laughs) I sound like an idiot. (laughs) And the big game happening at the same time as ours, Freo Sydney in Perth. Now, that's a really, really tough one for LFC. I think... Mm, I'm not, it depends how we go. Can, can we, we, can we say, sorry to interrupt. Can we say that if we lose, it's a necessity that Frio win, but, yes. but if we win, we'd like Frio to lose. Correct. No, that's exactly what I was going to say. So well done for joining the ladder mantra. <laughs> Melbourne put out, Melbourne put Adelaide's an interesting one as well. I think put Adelaide's just kind of lurking. And you just never know. So we might want Melbourne just to put the final nail in their coffin because I think Melbourne will make the four regardless. And then look, I think we need another favour from our baby bombers at Marvel and beat the Gold Coast. Just because the Gold Coast are lurking as well. So but we in terms never... of that Melbourne-Port game, if we do get up on the Saturday night, are we not big Port fans? We are, yes. Wow. Could be crazy. So if we do get up on Saturday night and then... Melbourne and Frio lose their games, you could have five teams or even six sitting on 48. If we get up on Saturday night, I'm pretty confident we'll be in the green zone by the end of the season, um, which is obviously the lingo at LFC. Um, So if that happens, we actually might start barracking for Gold Coast to finish eighth, just in case we finish fifth. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't mind it. Bolt, another great edition of the show. Thank you. Safe flight back to Melbourne. Thank you. And uh, we will be sure to do this all again next week. Uh, A bit happening during the week. We'll get a Twitter show out and as well a Substack edition of the show. So, Bolt, thank you. Safe flight home and we'll speak. No stress. Thank you. They've been playing against the famous old dark blues.